Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm going to just be having a bit of a chat or maybe it will come across more like a rant on the topic of relationships and how as a society it feels like there's so much pressure for a relationship to really go the distance and have longevity and I think that sometimes that comes at the cost of looking at other ways that a relationship can be successful and I think that contributes towards this overall sense of failure um, that comes along with the experience of a relationship ending. Before I get into that, I will also let you know that during today's episode, I will answer a couple of questions that have come through via Instagram. I missed answering these questions this week on Instagram, but I saved them and thought I'll get to them. And then as I sat down today to record this episode, I thought, why not answer them in this podcast? So if you're not following me on social media, you can find me at Kylie Camps. And over there, I do tend to do weekly Q&As. There is always a variety of questions that come through, and I do try my best to answer each and every single one. Um, Just depends on the volume and also how my day unfolds, best laid plans. Sometimes I think, oh, I'll answer them all, and then things just go awry and it falls off the priority list. But there will often be a mixture of questions that can include things like baby sleep, toddler behavior, kind parenting topics. Then there can be questions a lot of the time surrounding breakups. I get asked a lot about separating, um, which I find fascinating, but that's a whole whole other topic, I guess. Questions that are personal, lifestyle-based, and I'll always do my best to answer truthfully and hopefully helpfully as well. Hopefully helpfully, that's a mouthful. Um, but my intention with social media, my intention with the podcast, with everything that I have created in the past and want to create moving forward, my intention is to hopefully make a difference. And that can be a really small difference in terms of just providing something that might be helpful, food for thought, offering a practical tip that from my lived experience, I have felt has really improved things, or maybe it's just offering support. But I do tend to do the weekly Q&As over on Instagram. So if you use that social media platform and you're not following me, then please do jump over and click follow at Kylie Camps. And it's a really nice way that we can connect over there. And you can perhaps submit a question as well that I can answer either there or here on the podcast. And funnily enough, this topic of longevity in relationships It's been on my mind for years. I don't think you can go through a divorce and not have it on your mind at certain times. 
but it was kind of reignited because of a comment that came through on social media. And it was a lovely comment. Like there's nothing, you know, there was nothing malicious about this comment, but it made me kind of just pause for a second. And a lot of stuff came back up to the surface for me in terms of the pressure that sometimes gets put on people in relationships. And that comment, again, well-meaning, I am, I have zero doubts that the person meant this in a positive way. But the comment was along the lines of, I'm so happy for you. I hope this lasts forever in relation to a post that I had put up that included the fact that I had, I have a boyfriend. So uh, like my way of interpreting that comment is probably that this person has followed along for a while, has known that I've gone through heartbreak, that has known that I've been single, perhaps followed the trials and tribulations of dating, maybe even via the podcast series with my sister. Um, and then was like, yes, like I'm happy for you and I hope this lasts forever. That's the way I read, I read it in a positive tone. But just the notion of I hope this lasts forever brought up for me feelings of pressure, not not because like I know this person or I want to please this person, but just pressure in terms of, I guess, when I went through a divorce, you know, and two people go through it, but I can only speak to my experience. One of the things that I felt that I didn't predict that I would feel was kind of a sense of shame around failure. And there is that language of a failed marriage, a broken family you know, a broken relationship, all of that stuff. And I really did feel like a failure. And a lot of that has to do with my own childhood beliefs, pressure I had put on myself, but also pressure from society at large. And that's why I wanted to record this solo episode. And perhaps it's also a topic I could invite a guest in to speak on who is well, who is more well-versed on the topic and the psychology of this but it just kind of made me think it's worth at least recording this solo episode and offering some food for thought on this topic surrounding how we, as we move about through our day and in our interactions with other people, perhaps need to pay more attention to different markers of success within a relationship. For so long, we have put the distance, the longevity of a relationship on a pedestal. And what I mean by that is we romanticize, you know, when a couple is together for years and years and years and really elevate that to being a super important, you know, almost a regal status that a relationship can span across years and years and decades and decades. And whilst, of course, there's nothing wrong with praising people for their commitment to one another and the you know imagined and inherent obstacles that would come along with that kind of you know being with one person for that space of time you know you can acknowledge like wow they must have seen some stuff together faced some stuff overcome some stuff and they're really committed to each other i think it's important that we recognize sometimes people get to the end of their life and they have been in a relationship for 20, 30, 40, 50 years or whatever it is. And yes, from the outside looking in, there is that longevity, that thing that we put on a pedestal. 
but it's also worth kind of interrogating the other components of the relationship to make sure that the relationship was a good relationship. It didn't just go the distance. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Of course, we can admire their ability to overcome things, but it's also worth just going like, is it a fun relationship? Did they enjoy one another? Did they both grow in this relationship? Or were they uncomfortable? Were they stifled? Did they not grow? Did they have poor communication? Was one person always suffering in silence or one person always making sacrifices? There are things that go on in relationships that we don't always know, but always just praising this ability to find one person and stick with one person and make that like the gold standard and that's what you should strive towards put so much unnecessary pressure on people to stay in relationships that they're not necessarily happy in just because they want to be able to say, I've been with this person for X amount of years, like a badge of honor. And I can't help but wonder, with all of the resources we have available at our fingertips from podcasts and books and tutorials and just experts that are willing to share their information and therapists who are willing to explore the topic and break it down for us so that we can understand it. I can't help but wonder if like we can make a difference to this pressure that is put onto people and therefore the subsequent feelings of failure. If we can make a difference just by kind of reframing our top metrics for measuring the success of a relationship for ourselves and for other people as well. Because I hate the thought of a relationship ending and people feeling like just because it ends, it discounts everything that was achieved in their time together. I also hate the thought of someone, (laughs) you know, I hate the thought of this for me. I hate the thought of entering a new relationship and people kind of thinking, oh, like, let's see if this one lasts forever. Verse, why can't we just see relationships as vehicles for connection and growth and fun and whatever else comes with that unique relationship? See it as like, oh, this is a moment in time and this is what's right for that person at this time versus projecting the importance of it's got to be the one and it's got to go forever for it to be valid And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. It's incredibly invalidating to go through a relationship breakdown and have people project that onto you and for you to do it to yourself. And I know I certainly did because growing up, I really valued the fact that my parents were still together. They are no longer together. But growing up, I had this belief of, you know, I was so lucky because my parents were still together and almost not better than, but like, yeah, I guess maybe a little bit when I was younger, feeling just really proud that my parents were still together and putting a lot of value in that. And I wasn't really looking for the cracks, you know, especially as a child, but I just didn't really have the awareness of other things that I should be judging the success of a relationship on other than the fact that, oh, my parents are still together and they've been together for a really long time. And so I think just in conversations that we're having and in our own reflections, 
It's important to just ask ourselves, what other things can I judge the success of a relationship on? You know, when I ask myself that question, one of the biggest things is growth. I do think that relationships provide so much growth because someone is holding a mirror up to you and you get all of these opportunities and invitations to look at your own triggers and to really choose, like choose to love someone. I also think the way that you feel in the relationships in terms of feeling seen, feeling validated, feeling like you truly are yourself, contentment, fun, enjoyment, healthy communication, like just a healthy relationship in general. I would much rather a short, healthy relationship over something that is detrimental to my well-being, but it goes for a longer time. As I said, growth as an individual, but growth as a couple as well. Successfully raising children together, you know, working as a team. Honesty, connection. These are just a couple of things that come to mind when I sort of probe and think, huh, what are the other ways I can judge the success of a relationship on? And I don't mean judge as in sit down and put pen to paper and rate my relationships or rate other people's, but I just mean rather than having that one marker of longevity, what are the other like legs to the table? What are the other little things that I can look at um, that then when a relationship or if a relationship ends, it's not going to feel like a failure because you've at least connected with the other stuff that is going on. And this is why, you know, in my marriage, in our vows, we didn't say, like, I'll love you until death do us part. It was as long as the love should last. And perhaps there should be recognition and acknowledgement in a positive way when a relationship ends and still so much good stuff has been achieved in that relationship, but two people make a decision to end a relationship now versus dragging it on and letting it get to the point where they're miserable or, you know, just sticking it out and just white knuckling it for the sake of white knuckling it because they value how long you're with someone over these other kind of markers. Now that said, I do, of course, as someone who is like obsessed with relationship stuff, I recommend, sorry, not recommend, I acknowledge the, um, the beauty in going the distance with someone. And I do recommend reading that book, The Course of Love by Elaine de Botton on that topic, where you can really understand how romantic love changes over time together. I think that's an important read for anyone who has ever been in or wants to be in a relationship. But yeah, I just, I can't help but think rather than discounting people's relationships when they end, It's acknowledging the things that they achieved within that relationship, regardless of how long they were together for and taking off the pressure and yet not invalidating someone's relationship just because it doesn't go forever. And just changing our language when a relationship ends rather than it being a failed relationship, if we're judging it by those other metrics and other markers, you know, yeah, sure, maybe it didn't go the distance. That's one of the markers that, you know, sits a little lower, 
but perhaps the fact that they were able to call it and end it sits a little higher and perhaps the growth that they had or the honesty or whatever it is, the, you know, um, just the sheer integrity that it can take sometimes to end a relationship or the power, like there are so many different ways to look at it. And it's just one of those things that has been on my mind. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I also think it's really interesting to observe people, how they perceive someone else's relationship to be, particularly in this day and age where we are all getting a glimpse into other people's lives. I think it's easy for people to sit at home and look at influencers on Instagram or celebrities who they feel they have a parasocial relationship with and really judge their relationships by that one metric and it's just not fair. And I understand that might be the only marker that you get to see from the outside is how long they're with someone, but you don't actually know the intricacies of what that relationship provided, what it brought to each of those people And I don't know, I just think that there are different ways to think of things and we're better than that. Like as a society, we are better than putting pressure on people to stay in a relationship just because of this rhetoric surrounding you've got to find the one and there's one person, like there's only one person for everyone out there. I don't know, it's just been on my mind. And then when I saw that forever comment, I thought like, oh, I know it's well-meaning, but like, ugh, it then can make it hard to show up and share in real time and be like, no, no, like this is just what's going on in this moment. And I don't have any attachment to whether or not it's going to last 50 years, 50 months or 50 more minutes. Okay. That's all I'll say on that topic. I probably spoke a bit in circles, but maybe there was something in there that was helpful for someone out there. Or maybe it's just cathartic for me to like spew that out and kind of process some of my thoughts on that topic. So as promised, I will answer a couple of questions that have come through via good old Instagram. Um, One of the first ones that kind of pops out to me, it's just loading, is has your ex-hubby accepted your new relationship? Congratulations on the newfound love. So I have been separated for three years, literally three years now, and um, my ex-husband has had a partner for years. And so I haven't had a conversation with him where I ask if he's accepted my relationship because it doesn't matter. And I don't say that to discount his importance in the life of my boys or anything like that, but I say it because it just it, it is irrelevant whether or not he would accept my relationship and I don't think that he would really think of it in that way at all. And, of course, I can't speak for him But yeah, I can't live my life wondering if other people would accept my relationship. There would be no reason for him not to. But yeah, I can't really speak to that. I would say that he's very happy in his relationship and it's, you know, it's one he's been in for years. So um, 
yeah, I doubt that he even has a question mark over, over what I'm doing or my relationships really. Um, another one said what to do about a partner who yells. It sends my cortisol through the roof. I hate it and he doesn't see the problem. So I think that this can often come back to upbringings, right? Some people grow up in houses where people are more explosive and yelling is like the normal thing. I would say I grew up in a house where it was very loud. TVs were on all the time. My parents would both yell from different rooms. Um, I had two very loud sisters and I always felt like I was kind of in this state of, I guess, what I now know to be fight or flight, but I felt like I was always in this state of walking on eggshells. And I don't mean that they were yelling about anything bad, but they're just a loud family. And even now I go to my dad's and I'm like, oh, can you just turn the TV down? Like I can't think. So I think often our base level of normal is then what we take out into the world for us. We take that out into the world and that's what we accept as normal, in quotes. So if your partner grew up in a household where that was the communication method that he predominantly saw, that's his normal. So I think that it comes back to clear communication now and explaining that that's not your level of normal and what it does to your system because someone yelling actually does, like it can send your cortisol through the roof. It can put you into that fight, flight or freeze mode, which is awful for your sympathetic nervous system. So I would hope that you're in a relationship where your husband cares for you, you care for him as well, or your partner, sorry, you didn't say husband, but your partner cares for you, you care for your partner and you can have that clear communication and hopefully both of you can get your needs met. Um, I, I think, yeah, just having having that clear conversation would be the place to start. If you feel like it's a repetitive problem and you're continually asking for like the bare minimum of being spoken to kindly and carefully and thoughtfully, then it might be time to introduce a third party who can help get through to your partner um, on why that causes stress for you. Another one says, does our boyfriend love our real boyfriend, Dax Forever? So that's a reference to the fact that I love Dax Shepard. I think he is just so funny and I really enjoy him so much. Um, Brendan knows him as an actor, but he's kind of just a bit like indifferent to him in terms of he doesn't listen to his podcast. Um, but yeah, we've had conversations about how much I love Dax. And even the other day we were watching a movie with the boys and we put on Zathura which side note is a great kids movie. If your kids liked the original Jumanji, they'd probably really like Zathura and Dax is in it. And straight away, Brendan turned to me and was like, oh, I see why you've chosen this one. The next question is, how do you have hard conversations, tips and tricks? Scroll back a couple of episodes to the episode that is titled, I think, 10 Golden Rules for Communicating with Your Partner. I give you everything that I have learned, like everything from going through the mediation process, from going through court, couples therapy, counselling, everything I have learned about communicating, I've tied up into like a neat little episode for you. And I think that that will be really, really helpful because you're going to um, learn about the power of I statements. You're going to learn about body language and all of those things that really do make a difference. So definitely have a listen to that episode. Um, how do you get all of the chores, chores done while working and parenting? 
I don't even try. Like I don't even try to get all of the chores done and also manage parenting the boys full-time when they're with me. Of course, they go to their dads. They're with me six days and they go to him for three nights. But in that six-day period when I have the kids, I really let the wheels come off when it comes to chores. Now, that doesn't mean that we live in like a pigsty and the house is disgusting, but it certainly means that the laundry, the clean laundry that needs to be folded and put away will pile up and I'll just let that happen. Um, I'm still, of course, on top of washing the laundry and things like that, but we will use the dishwasher more. There will be crumbs on the floor. Um, I'm really, I don't know, I'm aware so much more lately of how many tabs I have opened at all times because I'll be thinking, you know, in the space of 60 seconds, things like, is it library day today? Do they have to return any library books? Did their library book bag come back from their dads? Did we agree that they would share a library book bag or do they still have one each? I can't remember. I need to have a quick look. Oh, well, I'm having a quick look for that. I need to also fill out that excursion form and return that. Oh, and I wonder, did we ever find that drink bottle that blah, 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 blah. And then I'll jump from that to thinking like, okay, tomorrow they've got to wear their sports shirts. Do we have two clean sports shirts? I've got to get their socks out. Oh, and then I've also got to prepare for the podcast interview that's happening after I drop them off at school and then after that podcast interview. And then I've also got this commitment and that commitment and did I pay the phone bill and blah, 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 blah. Like just in the space of 60 seconds, your mind runs through so many things. So whilst I value having a tidy and organized home, I have learned that I just have to drop the ball and let the wheels come off a little bit when it comes to chores in particular when I have the kids at home. When the boys do go to their dads, I usually spend a couple of hours just getting super organized and cleaning everything, vacuuming, mopping, dusting, resetting. So then for my three child-free nights, I can be really focused on work and important things for me. Um, I also think that having systems helps when it comes to kind of staying on top of things such as, you know, the kids know that when they take off their dirty clothes, it has to go in the dirty clothes basket. The kids know when they finish eating, put their plates in the dishwasher. They know to unpack their lunch boxes. Those sorts of things really do make a difference as well. Because again, that mental load that women tend to carry, that domestic load, um, it can get heavy. So yeah, I, I don't have any like incredible tips for managing the chores. I love my Dyson for whipping around quickly and getting the crumbs sorted just to get through so that we're not, you know, living in total filth for those couple of nights. Um, I also think a clean bench gives the illusion of a tidy house. Like if you've got lots and lots of stuff piled up on your bench, it can just feel quite cluttered and then that can add to the mental load as well. Whereas if you're physical space is organized, you often feel more at peace internally as well. Um, how to start the conversation about separation. I imagine if you're at the point of discussing separation, then you have already had some of those uncomfortable conversations, expressing needs that aren't being met, talking about things that aren't working. Um, maybe you've had some conflicts come up. It really just depends on the situation starting the conversation about separation, I think would come from that, you know, sitting down and saying with your partner, you, you know, you know, these are the issues that we've been facing. I'm feeling this way. I think we need to discuss our next move. 
I feel as though it might be time. I feel as though it is time to separate. This is what I need for myself. How do you feel about that? Um, if you feel like you can do that safely with your partner, you may not need any support or help in doing that. If you feel like you're not sure that you can express yourself well or that you'll be heard and really considered and validated, you may need to use a third party and perhaps you've already been seeing a therapist or a counsellor throughout the last whatever period of time and maybe you can use that person as well. I know a lot of people start with a trial separation because it feels like a softer way to kind of dip their toes into that world of separating and trying that on and seeing how that feels and what that's like. I don't think there is, you know, like a guide that you can follow that's like steps one through to five of how to have this uncomfortable conversation, but rely upon your knowledge of the other person, maybe listen to that episode on the communication so that it's more of a constructive, um, efficient conversation versus entering like a like a more of a conflicting or kind of aggravated conversation the last question that I will answer is surrounding tips for a child who is a people pleaser I think my child wants validation from kids at school it's not nice so I can only speak to my personal experience with this and I would say that one of our boys is a people pleaser his love language is definitely words of affirmation And I can just see that he really values, in quotes, doing the right things, following the rules, getting that validation at times. And, you know, personally, just with him, I'm always encouraging him to really access his emotion and see how he's feeling and bring the focus back to him. So if he was to say to me, do you think I've done a good job on this drawing, mum? I'll say, what do you think of your drawing? What do you like about it? And try and change the focus back to him. It can be tricky when they're wanting to please their peers, depending on the age as well. But I think having the conversation with your kids surrounding what is a good friend, you know, a good friend respects your decisions, a good friend encourages you to be an individual, those sorts of things can be helpful. But ultimately, I think just with kids that have that propensity towards wanting to please people around them as an adult it's taking a pause to just check in with them and when they're doing something making sure that they're doing it for the right reasons and so an example I can give you of that is if the boys are trying to work out what they're going to watch on tv my little guy who likes to please people will often just give in and be like you choose to his brother or he'll purposefully choose something that he knows his brother wants to watch so sometimes I step in and I'll pause and I'll say hang on a second no it's your turn to choose something that you really want to watch just disregard for the moment right now that that's what your brother wants to watch what is it that you want to watch and so it's trying to catch those little moments and bring his attention back to himself and meeting his own needs first Um, and sometimes kids need you to be their own advocates and help them put boundaries in place just like one of my boys would always sleep with his brother if that was okay with his brother. Like he would creep into his bed every single night right now if that was okay. And while sometimes his brother encourages it and likes the company, sometimes he doesn't and he wants that space. So I will help him at times assert his right to draw that boundary and say, no, not tonight, maybe tomorrow night. 
So I feel like you just kind of have to be a little more attentive towards their motivations for doing things, which can be hard. It can definitely be a tricky one. But anyway, I will love and leave you for this solo episode. I feel as though my voice is at its limit. I'm still a bit um, nasally and gross after having COVID. So hopefully it's not too painful to listen to. Again, it would mean the world if you do jump over, click follow on Instagram, share this episode on your own Instagram stories if you think it will be helpful for people that you know and care about. And I will talk to you really, really soon. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 